everyone. It's Alan Schimmel for DevOps.com, Container Journal, uh, Security Boulevard, and you're listening to another DevOps chat. Our guest on this DevOps chat is Alois Reitbauer of Dynatrace. Alois, hopefully I, I got your name almost right, at least. That's very good. <laughs> okay. Alois, thanks for joining us. Um, as I mentioned, you're from Dynatrace, but what, why don't you share with our audience kind of what your role is at Dynatrace right now? Yeah, so uh, my current role is I'm working as the chief technology strategist at Dynatrace, and in this role, I'm responsible for most of our cloud initiatives, um, our open source initiatives, and help to drive forward what we in the industry understand as uh, APM, observability, um, cloud automation, and so forth. Excellent. And, you know, I always, I, I always like to ask people, that, because we have so many people in the audience who are at various stages of their careers, right? Um, give us, if you can, a sense of, of how you came to be where you are today. Yeah, that's a good question. So I think I started in a very traditional way. So I did my studies in in software engineering at the very beginning and even during my studies, I was already working at a company, then took the usual journey of uh, finding your first job once you're um, done with a university degree. So you move away to a big city and then I was working on some projects, but then realized that project business was not so much what I liked. And then I ended up at uh, uh, Dynatrace starting to work in the monitoring space um, again on different pro um, projects. And they have been doing this for um, now almost 14 years, which sounds like wow. a very long time, but, but, but I know it long. goes quick. It does go quick and that the market changed so quickly. So people sometimes ask me, aren't you bored with what you're doing? And my answer actually is no, I'm not because like at least every two years, something fundamentally changed in the way we were doing things. And it's just like an entirely different job altogether again. And that's, I think what keeps or it's keeping me uh, going here, and also what keeps the space being very interesting. I agree with you. I mean, I mean, just to give you a little insight into my, I mean, I always, I, I went to law school and practiced law for a little bit. Then I, I got into computers just prior to the internet going commercial, and you know, started my first company was more in hosting and then infrastructure, and I did ASB. Then I got into infosec. We didn't call it cybersecurity then and spent about 15, 18 years in, in security when I kind of got interested in DevOps. And I, you know, I was a founder, a co-founder of several venture-backed companies and then started MediaOps, the company behind DevOps.com and Security Boulevard and Container Journal. So, I mean, that I think is one of the, and especially for our audience listening out here, don't get pigeonholed into being a Java programmer or a, you know, a program manager in mobile app development or so you don't know what the technology is going to be and where your career is going to take you right going forward. And, and it's important. Yeah. And I think um, also technology changes a lot. Like talking, for example, about the monitoring space. Uh, if you look at the last like 13 years, we started to do a lot on the server side. Yeah here applications then a lot moved more into the browser as we started to have single page applications javascript 
heavy applications, then everything moved into uh, the focus shifted stronger into the browser where we talked about real user management, we're working a lot of in, the, in this space. And then now we move into, um, we move back to the server side as all the microservices emerged. We had way more complexity um, on the server side again. And now we're moving more into automation, which brings us to uh, infrastructure topics. And at the same time, we have this whole change in the industry really moving from also in our case enterprise software working more in an open source uh, type of environment so there's there's really constant change on on multiple levels and i think the, the key, most important thing really is to be curious and to to start learning and taking all of these opportunities that just open up to you i, I agree a hundred a hundred percent um but you know what we we went down we went down a little bit of a rabbit hole, Alice. Let's bring you back to Dynatrace if we can. So I, I think a lot of people have heard the name Dynatrace, and you know there are some people who may think may still just kind of associate Dynatrace with like mainframe computers or something. But you know this this is a very different company, Dynatrace than let's say five six or ten years ago or what have you. Give our audience, share with our audience a little bit. What, what's, what and who is Dynatrace about? Yeah, so for, for those who don't know Dynatrace or have never heard of Dynatrace as well, we have been around for quite a long time. So we were really very early on in the whole what's now distributed tracing and, and observability space. In, in fact, Dynatrace was the first company that had a distributed tracing product to the extent that it really worked in production environments. So everything we talk about right now in this in the microservice observability space, we were really the first one to build this for a production-ready environment uh, 13 years ago. And then, then obviously the market evolved, our prob um, products evolved over time, supporting more and more technologies. Um, I want to go into all of the details of that stage, but we were like the one company that could monitor big environments that had broad technology coverage. And back oh. then, back then, sorry? No, no, I said yes, I, I'm listening, I'm sorry. Um, and back in the days, the biggest challenge was, can we collect all the data that's out there? And can we get all the data that we're interested in? It was the big challenge in, in the very beginning where we were focusing also our efforts. But like five, six years ago, we realized that with everything that's happening right now with microservices, cloud computing, and so forth, uh, the requirements drastically changed. So we. We had all the data that we wanted. We had actually more data uh, than we could even process. So that's where we started to move back then into this whole area of starting what we called answers instead of data, building more and more analytics on top of that uh, data and started to use the term artificial intelligence as we started to use these technologies in, in our next generation product back then uh, that, that we were bootstrapping internally at Dynatrace. And interestingly, this was before everybody was using the term EIOps. Uh, where we were doing this, and we built um, our own analytics layer that does all the data analysis uh, fully automatically. So that was where we reinvented more or less the company, what we were delivering as a, as a product. And now more and more, like in the next evolution, we see, well, just having a monitoring product by itself or just for a monitoring team is no longer what you want. You want the monitoring product that's now smart and figures out where things go wrong um, and how they can uh, also potentially be solved to directly tie into the platform, which uh, gets you more and more into a platform type of approach where um, 
I sometimes see or start to see use cases where people are not using the user interface so much, but really use the APIs to automate based on the outcomes of their monitoring data. That's really the journey that we're on. And that's also why we started to not no longer use the term APM for, for what we're doing, but uh, rather focus on the term software intelligence as it's really having intelligence uh, intelligence and understanding of how a software system works and in case it doesn't work properly, how to get it back to uh, to a state where everything is fine. I, I agree with you. I mean, one of the things, I mean, we, we another term I've seen you know, thrown around is AI ops now, right? AI ops is kind of replacing what we used to call APM. And I, and I, I'm not a big fan of the whole AI thing to tell you the truth, Alois, because I think it's a loaded term. And, uh, um, but it's not, I mean, it, it does kind of describe what you're talking about, right? You know, intelligent monitoring and, and so forth. I think AI is also used for a lot of stuff. Um, and there's, there's also saying like that if it's uh, written in Python, it's machine learning. Uh, if it's built in PowerPoint, it's AI. And uh, I, I might agree that there is uh, maybe some truth to it and the term is is overloaded. But at, at the very basis, when we built, uh, what we built right now, which is called the Dynatrace AI engine, whether you want to call it that way or not, doesn't really matter that much. But the core piece for us was we built, we have as, as operations professionals or as SREs, we have a well-defined methodology. We have a well-defined understanding of how a system works. And a major part of our work is to analyze data and interpret it following certain patterns. And teaching yep. now another piece of software to do the same thing that we used to do, being able to understand and perceive an environment to like how things fit together based on whether it's a rule-based system, it's uh, it's some machine learning, it's some statistics, whatever algorithms you use, and help us to do these things faster than we can do them, or do them with environments, uh, like modern environments that are significantly better. I think that's where the real value comes in and whatever we want to call it at the end of the day. But I think it's not just a nice to have today, that's really a necessity simply because we all don't have the time to look uh, in, into all of that data. Yeah. I, I, I agree 100%. Um, you know, we were, Eloise, just in terms of our audience, we originally were going to talk over in Barcelona at the at the KubeCon event, and, and it was just crazy there, and we wound up saying, yeah, we'll grab, you know, do this podcast afterwards. I'm interested in how is the whole cloud-native Kubernetes kind of... Uh, I don't want to call it a movement, but but certainly the migration to that sort of infrastructure. How is that affecting what you what you guys are doing at Dynatrace? Uh, I think it definitely provides a challenge, uh, a very positive one, and at the same time, it also provides a great opportunity. Um, so, what do I mean by challenge? I think the challenge is that these environments are just way bigger and way more dynamic. Uh, in the in the old days, so like the early 2000s, most people were running suite here type of applications. You had a yeah. web server, an application server, and a database. And you might say, well, I don't really need tracing. It's either one or the other that's broken, and my environment is not that super complex. Obviously, that was also half the truth because enterprises were running significantly larger infrastructures. But you kind of understood what was going on. And 
also we had, we didn't have capabilities like we have today in, in Kubernetes with self-healing, where things restart themselves automatically, scale up and down. So we, we kind of knew what we were running. But this is not so much the case anymore today. So we want our software to start to repair and heal itself. Um, no. And the, the environments are getting bigger. So the, the, the whole movement from monoliths to microservices, as great as it is to have more and smaller components that you can work with independently, it means that you have more components that you're working with independently, which means more complexity and more entropy in your system, right? So we, we need to have the support. And for us, it's really how can we help a human to better understand what's going on in the system and remove all the noise and really get them the information that they need to work with. So that, that's really the challenge. And it's back to our AI discussion from before where these type of approaches can really help to tell somebody, okay, this is what you really have to focus on. Uh, and yeah. this is what the, the actual problem is. And the other 400 things are just effects and not the cause. So just a clear separation of cause and effect out of a myriad of data is, is a massive value that a, a software intelligence solution can provide. So that, that's more the challenge side. The other opportunities we can now change systems more or less in real time because everything has an API. If you look at Kubernetes, I have the Q, uh, Kubernetes API or the command and I can change the system at runtime. So if my monitoring system detects that something is wrong, I can actually take action. Back in the days where I was manually deploying an application to a server, I could not take an action in real time. Today, if I detect a problem, for example, in Dynatrace, I can kick off a script that remediates that change, that scales something up, that rolls back a deployment, uh, that reconfigures maybe a, a service mesh to route uh, traffic somewhere else or, or, do, or do all different kind of things. Um, mm. and, you can, and you can really automate it. Well, back in the days, you could show it to a human and they don't have to figure out how to do this. And maybe after that change request was going through and somebody was manually logging the server, that was really possible. So while we're confronted with more complex environments that we have to make sense of the advantages, if we actually make sense of them, we can take more immediate and real-time action on, on the findings that we have. Sure. You know, th this brings up, Eloise, the whole thing. So I'm a little older. Right? And uh, I, I often tell some of the younger folks I deal with in DevOps and stuff is, you know, just be thankful for what, what a great time to be alive this is, to be in this IT world with stuff like this compared you know, you're doing this, what'd you say, 14 or 17 years, right? At Dynatwist, the whole thing a bit longer. So I'm also not that young anymore. So. Yeah, I mean, think about what it was like 20 years ago, right? Where, where an ops guy setting up instances or servers meant you had a little tool belt with screwdrivers and pliers, right? <laughs> because you were literally rack mounting and, and stuff like that. So it, it is, I mean, we live in such interesting times and there's so much... There's so many options, right, of how you can do things and what you can do. I, I, I think sometimes we, 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 we forget or we take for granted that, you know, what, what the cloud has brought and what the Internet itself has even brought, let alone things like Kubernetes and cloud native and, and, and you know, some of the stuff we deal with today. So um, I, I just... 
you know, I, I'm, I'm constantly amazed at it, and I, I don't think we should take that for granted either. Um, bringing this back to Dynatrace, though, you know, with the emphasis on open source and cloud native, does it, does it make it harder for companies like Dynatrace that have some great legacy customers as well, right? I'm not going to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Right, you've got to serve. How do you, how do you kind of not serve two masters? Because your your old customers are doing this fresh stuff too. Am I right? Uh, I think everybody's doing it. So uh, every company is at different maturity levels, obviously. And if you have been around maybe since the the, the mid seventies and your technology stack is based on mainframe and other things, you're just not throwing everything out and uh, making everything cloud native. But Everybody wants to go there, and I think everybody is on that journey and needs support on it. Uh, obviously, if you start over today, your environment's going to look different than if you have been doing this for the last 40 plus years or so. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Agreed. Um, Eloise, we're, we're coming up on the end of our time. I told you this, this goes quick. I apologize. But anything else happening with Dynatrace maybe you want to share with the audience or? Yeah, so so you mentioned open source, which I think is also interesting because most people maybe think of Dynatrace as an enterprise software company that provides enterprise software, which we obviously do, and and how we're making our money. You brought up in the last question as well. Does this anything change for us? And I think the change is that we are way more engaged in in open source, uh, where we see open source as a great opportunity. So we, for example, are part of the Open Telemetry project that a lot of people might not know about us, where we actively contribute to this project, building um, more and more observability tech, especially in the cloud native space. Uh, also just not that recently, but over the last half year, we built our own, we took the own, our own best practice that we had when we reinvented Dynatrace and moved to what we call like the no-ops approach. So no manual processes and, and full automation and only get humans involved to, to solve the problems that automation cannot solve. We took this entire stack and started to, to put it into an open source project, which we call Captain, that we now also provide to the, to the broader community and share. Uh, because we, as you mentioned, we're living in a very interesting time right now. And I think it's really about sharing uh, all of our expertise uh, with as many people out there and also learning from each other. So some things we're doing today, just think about blue-green deployments. If you really go back to a company, ask them, how long have you been doing this? What's your experience? Do you hire usually people who have 10 years experience of doing blue-green deployments and cloud native? Obviously not, because these people do not exist or are some very rare from the very early starters. And it might feel like counterintuitive for a company to tell software to do all of this. I think you have to be part of that community, actively work there. And there is always a place uh, for a, a commercial company to work with. I think you also want to work with somebody who can do both, support you on a hard enterprise related problems, but also give you the security of a commercial software company, while also being sure that these are also the people who bring the industry forward and move to the next level. And I'm also a strong believer that as we work on these open source projects um, and support the industry to, to more mature, they will come up more interesting problems. There will always be something for us for a company that we can engage with and we find a good way to provide value to our customers. Uh, agreed, agreed. And, and again, this is another way the industry is so much different than it was 15, 20 years ago. Um, 
Sounds good. Alois, we're about out of time here. We've, <laughs> I told you it really good, does go quick. Um, for people wanting more information, obviously, Dynatrace.com. Um, yes. Any other kind of resource you want to mention? Yeah, obviously, just Dynatrace.com is great for the website. Um, I also want to mention our Pure Performance Podcast that's done by a colleague of mine, Andy Grabman. There you have a lot of information related to Dynatrace, but not just Dynatrace, really across the in, entire industry. And so Andy's always interviewing, whether it's uh, one of our customers or other, other companies out there, people in the industry, great resource. If you want to learn more about what we're doing on the open source side, I really recommend having a look at Captain, the Captain Project, which is captain.sh. Yes, you can buy SH domains. Mm -hmm. um, that's definitely a great resource. Um, um, and obviously also our Twitter channel where we post also a lot of the work that what, what you're doing and uh, that's also an easy way to reach out to us excellent all righty hey thanks for being our guest on this episode of DevOps chat Alois Wright Bauer from I still yes. got it right yep from Dynatrace yeah, hey will we uh, we'll check back with you in a few months and find out what's happening yeah thanks for having me my pleasure all right, this is Alan Schimmel for DevOps.com, Container Journal, Security Boulevard. You just listened to another DevOps chat.